Pepe looked up to the top of the next dry, withered ridge. He saw a dark form against the sky, a man's figure standing on top of a rock, and he glanced away quickly, not to appear curious. When a moment later he looked up again, the figure was gone. Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes saw the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the Dark Watchers. No one knew who the Watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. John Steinbeck, Flight There are few feelings more unnerving than the unshakable feeling that you're being watched. This is undoubtedly one of our most primal paranoia, since for most of humanity's history, we have undoubtedly been watched any time we move throughout the night, most likely by benign animals hoping we wouldn't see them. However, there was always that chance that there was something else, something dangerous lurking in the shadows, waiting for the opportune moment to strike. We may feel like we have banished the monsters of the night in our modern light-filled world, where most of the large predators seem to live mainly in zoos, or somewhere else out there in the world. Somehow, despite the apparent safety provided by our modern world, we still feel this unease when we walk down a poorly lit street at night, or when we're sitting in our house at night, with the blinds open, unable to see what might be lurking outside, watching our every move. Perhaps the place where we feel this the strongest is when we are out in nature, away from all the modern conveniences and the illusions of safety we hold dear. What is a beautiful landscape or a magical forest during the day can turn quickly into a paranoid nightmare when the light starts to fade and you undoubtedly know that there is something watching you. There is perhaps no area in America where this feeling has manifested as literally as it has in the Santa Lucia mountain range on the coast of Central California in the legends of the Dark Watchers. These beings are described as tall, humanoid figures in flowing black robes, sometimes with a wide-brimmed hat and a walking staff of some kind. They are said to be anywhere from the height of a tall man, 6 or 7 feet, on up to over 15 feet. They have a bit of a Grim Reaper vibe, but without the scythe. They appear on the ridges of the Santa Lucia Mountains near dusk and seem to stare off into the distance, just watching, observing the country below. However, once you see them, they seem to vanish moments after being observed. Another consistent part of these stories is that they don't seem to be any threat as long as they are left alone. Ideally, it's best to not even act like you've seen them and to continue on your way. However, if someone did get a bit too curious and try to get a little too close, how would we even know what happened to them? The Santa Lucia Mountains certainly have a mysterious, almost magical feeling to them. You could take a beautiful drive through this region on the Pacific Coast Highway and get through the entire area in a couple of hours. This region contains Big Sur Park, towering redwoods, and waterfalls that crash down into the beach. 
It's the type of area where during the summer, traffic seems to be about 50% VW camper vans. When the sun is out and the sky is clear, it's hard to imagine a more beautiful place to spend a day out enjoying nature. I recently spent a few days camping in the Santa Lucia Mountains and had a chance to experience this area firsthand while keeping an eye out at sunset for a dark figure on the ridge above our camp. While I was there, we had incredible weather for this area, mostly sunny skies and a nice cool Pacific breeze. That is, until things changed suddenly. Seemingly without warning, a dense fog came in off the Pacific one afternoon while we were hiking. The forest quickly changed from a place of comfort and warmth to something different, something ominous. A foggy field or forest is normally one of my favorite landscapes. There is something about a fog that seems to leave the door open, just a bit to that possibility that a bit of the old magic might sneak in. Enough that we can just get a glimpse before it fades away once again. A dense fog combined with a strong breeze has a way of giving you glimpses of distant objects through portals in the fog that seem to appear then just as suddenly disappear again. If you've ever been surrounded by a dense fog, regardless of where it is, you probably know the feeling. That feeling scratching around in the back of your mind. That there could be something just out of sight hidden in the mist. Something silent, something dark, something watching you. Now, it's easy to dismiss the stories of the Dark Watchers as just another internet monster that sprang into existence from some modern lore, like the Slenderman mythos. While the Dark Watchers story may have piqued public interest recently, the stories go back much, much farther than that. Some have claimed that the indigenous people of the region, the Chumash, have stories in their lore for beings called the Old Ones. Dark figures who would watch at dusk and into the night as the Chumash move throughout the region. It seems that this idea most likely has its origins as a sort of plot device for early collectors of ghost stories in the region. From what I've been able to find, there is no conclusive evidence that this legend ever existed in Chumash lore, prior to the arrival of the Spanish. Oral traditions are inherently difficult to trace and verify, which makes them more susceptible to being used as reference by unscrupulous researchers to lend weight to their ideas. Like many other indigenous peoples, the Chumash have a rich and vibrant history and don't need our help adding monsters to make it more interesting. The oldest verifiable references to the Dark Watchers come from the Spanish settlers in the area. The Spanish settlers referred to these beings as the Vigilantes Oscuros. While we know that these legends existed for Spanish settlers in the region, they seem to have had their first big pop culture moment in the 1930s. John Steinbeck included the Dark Watchers in one of his early short stories, Flight, in 1936. The passage that opened this episode has one reference to the Dark Watchers from this story. In Flight, the Dark Watchers don't really seem to play the role of a character. They are more a part of the landscape, something a bit more elemental than a man or a monster. Another writer from this period who mentions the Dark Watchers 
was poet Robinson Jeffers, who wrote about the Dark Watchers in a poem published in 1937, the year after Steinbeck published Flight. But when he approached the fall of the hill towards Howrens, he saw apparently a person on the verge, outlined against the darkening commissure of the farther hills, intently gazing into the valley. The young man's tired and dulled mind, bred in these hills, taught in the city, reverted easily towards his dead childhood. He thought it might be one of the watchers, who are often seen in this length of the coast range, forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges and watch, but when he approached it he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair, and even the averted forehead and concave line from eye to jaw, so that he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the quiet twilight showed his own face. Then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. The young man thought heavily that in his state of mind and body, hallucination was not surprising. I wonder what it was about this time that caused this uptick in popularity for the Dark Watchers. While we don't have any accounts from Steinbeck or Jeffers that they had any type of encounter personally, we can at least assume that the legends were alive and well in this region at the time. We will probably never know what, if anything, these men encountered in those mountains. Did they simply add a bit of local color to their work, or was their inspiration possibly a bit more tangible? Stories of these beings continue throughout the remainder of the 20th century, but seem to have picked up a bit once the internet came around. One often cited story from the 1960s is that of a retired local high school principal who was out for a hike in the Santa Lucia Mountains. As dusk was approaching, he began to make his way back down the trail towards his car to head home for the night. As he hiked by a section of the trail that passed near a large rock outcropping, something caught his eye. He thought he saw a figure standing near the edge of the rock, looking away from him. Since night was fast approaching, he decided to go check and make sure the hiker wasn't lost in looking for the trail. As he approached the figure, he slowed to a stop. The person in front of him certainly wasn't a lost hiker. In the gathering haze before him loomed a large figure in a black cloak, staring out into the distance. While he was still trying to understand what he was seeing, the figure vanished right in front of his eyes. There are many other stories similar to that, where someone has seen a figure only to have them vanish right after they look away for a brief moment, or where the figure is in a location most hikers can never reach. So what are a few of the explanations for what people could be seeing in these mountains? The simplest explanation is that people are seeing another person simply out enjoying the colors of a sunset from up on a ridge. Many people will hike to a ridge to watch a sunset and then hike down in the dark. Hikers and travelers often have a walking stick and a wide hat to protect them from the elements. It's possible that the often foggy conditions lead to a situation where a hiker is briefly seen in the distance and then seems to disappear into the fog. 
However, this explanation doesn't explain all the various sightings, or descriptions of the beings. My personal favorite explanation for the sightings is a result of an effect known as a Brock Inspector or a Mountain Inspector. A Brock Inspector occurs when the sun is at a low enough angle to cast a shadow into the mist or fog itself. Depending on a number of factors, such as the angle of the sun, your distance to the fog, and the density of the fog, these shadows can appear to be of gigantic proportions. This effect was first described by Johann Silberschlag, a German Lutheran theologian and natural scientist in 1780. The phenomenon gets its name from Brocken, a peak in the Hartz Mountains in Germany, a region that is known for being particularly foggy. Another aspect of the Brocken Spectre is that it appears to have a halo effect around it, which could explain the description of wide-brimmed hats. If you look at some images of these shadows, you can see the similarity to what is being described. This, combined with how often the area is inundated with fog, makes this a compelling possibility to explore, or at least keep in mind the next time you see a figure watching from up on the mountainside. The most interesting unknown for me when it comes to the Dark Watchers is what is it that they are looking for. When you look into the majority of stories involving the Dark Watchers, they seem to be completely uninterested in interacting with us, almost as if we are simply a nuisance disturbing their contemplation of the landscape. They seem to have the vibe of a monk or a reclusive philosopher looking for answers in the sunsets, or perhaps those who observe them without incident are the lucky ones. Maybe you just aren't the person they are looking for that night. The Dark Watchers play on our innate fear of the unknown, a fear of the dark, and a fear of what might lurk within the fog. We fear the things that we can't see watching us, because not all that long ago, these things might have been deadly. And even though for most people in many countries, the fear of a large predator hunting us in the night is far from an everyday reality, we know somewhere in the back of our minds that there truly is something to fear in the night since our most commonly encountered monster is, of course, other people. We fear being watched from the shadows for good reason, and while I can't say that I think the Dark Watchers are anything beyond a trick of the light on a mind primed by local folklore, for me one thing is true. The next time I am in the Santa Lucia Mountains, if I see a dark figure on the slopes above me, I will certainly heed Steinbeck's advice and ignore them, never show interest in them, stay on the trail, and mind my own business. Thank you for listening to American Monsters. This will be a show diving into the folklore of the Americas, taking a look at the various monsters and myths that are frankly just too much fun to ignore. This has obviously been our first episode, so please be kind. We will continue to improve and evolve the show in the weeks and months to come so that we can continue to bring you the best podcast we are capable of. We are working hard to get this episode out on Halloween, 
but is down to the wire as a result of some technical difficulties. We will be releasing new episodes every other week and would really appreciate it if you would tell your friends about us and give us your feedback so we can continue improving American Monsters. <laughs>